To all who come to this happy place, welcome. Welcome. Well, come in. Let's put on the show. Your cadaverous pallor. Aloha. Betrays an aura of foreboding. Hang on to them hats and glasses. And now, ladies and gentlemen, remain seated, please. Permanecer sentados, por favor. Hi, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Remain Seated, Please. Hi. Hello. <laughs> Hi. So here, as always, is myself, Robert, along with... Anthea. David. Susie. <laughs> and welcome. So with President's Day coming up, we decided we would do a special episode all about the presidents of the United States and how they... Uh, appear in the parks, whether it's in attractions or presidents that have visited the parks. And we're going to go through a history, an American history lesson through Disney. Through Disney? Yeah, yeah. Disney what? Disney, Disney what? store? <laughs> Disney store? <laughs> Disney studio? <laughs> well, that's the thing. It's going to encompass all of it. No. All the right. Disney this store? Are we talking about the Disney store? Un- well, if you could think of anything presidential for it. Well, I can't. No. <laughs> <laughs> What a segue. <laughs> so to start us off, let's talk a little bit about the presidents that have visited Disneyland and different Disney parks throughout the years. So, uh, so Inthea, tell us about the first president that had visited Disneyland. Well, um, so as of 2012, uh, four sitting presidents have actually visited a Disney theme park. Oh. Hmm. Um, so in 1979, um, President Jimmy Carter was the first sitting president to visit Magic Kingdom at Walt Disney World. I did not know that. I thought the other guys were sitting. No. Um, Jimmy Carter was the first. Um, he was there for the opening session of the 26th World Congress of the International Chamber of Commerce meeting. I don't know what so that not, is. <laughs> he just happened to be <laughs> at the resort. Yeah, yeah. He, he was, did not go specifically to like, visit oh, the what parks. Is this? <laughs> um, so he was the first one in 1979. Um, then in March 1983, President Ronald Reagan made the first of two visits to Epcot. Um, he addressed the international students who would work at World Showcase well. for the opening. And um, then my favorite, which um, it's probably like my favorite presidential fact because it's just so random. On May 27th, 1985, um, it was a special one day parade held at Epcot. So what happened was the presidential inauguration parade in January was too cold in Washington, D.C. It was just like super, super cold. So it got rescheduled. Um, Michael Eisner had just come on with Disney and had proposed this. And uh, the administration was like, yeah, let's do it. So they they rescheduled it because it was like negative temperatures in um, Washington, D.C. Was it a polar vortex? So... um, Pretty much they, what they did was that they flew the entire parade down to Epcot and didn't tell. It wasn't like 
didn't super tell the public. No, it wasn't like super publicly known. Oh, okay. Um, it was like a regular day at Epcot, and then like the president showed up. Wow. So uh, they had a one and a half hour long parade that oh. wound through a uh, world showcase because it was uh, the presidential, what are they called? Caravan, cavalcade. Um, they came through and then it was 50 high school bands. <laughs> so it was just one from every parade. state or something. Well, they originally were going to play at the, oh, at they literally flew all of the yeah, parade so they flew them all down. <laughs> So the president goes down um, pretty much around World Showcase to the American Adventure Pavilion, Mm -hmm. um, gets out of his car there where he's greeted by an Uncle Sam, Mickey Mouse, and a Martha Washington. (gasps) Love it. Um, Some jets flew over World Showcase and pretty much towards American Adventure and just kind of went over that. And then he gave a little speech and it was this insanely long parade. Ladies and gentlemen, the President of the United States, Ronald Reagan. I understand that in preparing for this event, more than 2,500 young people worked with Station and Logic. And each of you who helped to make this private sector initiative possible has my heartfelt thanks. There had to be heightened security in the oh, park yeah. that day, but just no insane. one thought no anything knew. about it. No okay. Yeah. No, I mean, well, like, obviously Disney Parks people knew, yeah. but, like, the people that were, uh, I think a lot of the general public that was going to yeah. Epcot that day didn't know. That was... <laughs> That was what I first thought you were going to say. They flew the parade down and didn't tell Disney. <laughs> so Disney was like, hey oh, guys. there's all these floats and people. We don't know what to do with <laughs> Well, so that's interesting because thus far, it's none of them have been like leisurely visits. They're all very much no, so specific. They're, every sitting president who's gone, I don't, doesn't seem like they have gone to a Disney park for Disney Park fun. I don't think a sitting president could really do much leisurely. No, exactly. They take vacations. Yeah, but what if they want to go to Disneyland or Disney World? I mean, I guess they could. I think that's a little harder for them to do. But I think it's easier to contain. It's too much of an disruption to the rest of the park going on. I would think to have just a president pop in to ride Space Mountain and then jet off. You know. So, by the way, do you have that quote from Walt? What they asked Walt about being president? No. They did an interview one time with Walt Disney, and they asked him, because he's so beloved by the world, if he ever thought about running for president. And he said, why would I ever want to be president when I'm the king of Disneyland? Oh, very nice. I've heard that. Please continue. In 1991, President George H.W. Bush visited Epcot. Uh, Walt Disney once said, the greatest moments in life are not concerned with selfish, selfish achievements, uh, but rather with the things we do for the people. And then the most recent was in 2012, President Barack Obama made a speech at Magic Kingdom. Hello, everybody. I am glad to be at Disney World. So a total of... Not including the current president, because I did not find anything. And as far as I know, he has not been to any Disney park as a president. Um, There have been six presidents who have held or attended events at Walt Disney World while in office. This is just like holding office, not necessarily um, being a president, but being in some sort of high political standing um, that they've been to. uh, Walt Disney World seems to be like the most popular place. Um, 
Every president since Harry Truman has visited a Disney resort property except for Lyndon B. Johnson. Hmm. He had no time for that. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, no, no, no. (laughs) So um, at Disneyland, the only sitting president that has visited was Gerald Ford in 1975. Oh. Uh, President Nixon, when he was vice president from our monorail episode... Um, he visited a few times, 1955, 1959, 61, and 68. So he liked Disney because I he was so. finding ways. <laughs> I totally think well, so. Well, he was yeah. friends with Walt. Yeah. Okay. And someone forgot to check the scissors. Um, and most popularly, besides the monorail, in 1973, um, Nixon held a press conference at... Uh, the Contemporary, and it is his famous speech where he declared that he was not a cook before resigning for president um, a year oh, later. That's crazy. So it took a year after that speech, but that's where he gave that famous speech was at the Contemporary. I have never obstructed justice, and I think, too, that I can say that in my years of public life, that I welcome this kind of examination because people have got to know whether or not their president is a crook. Well, I'm not a crook. I've earned everything I've got. Um, Ronald Reagan, when he was an actor, was one of the co-hosts for the opening of Disneyland in 1955. Ronnie um, Reagan. Also, um, he was there for the 35th anniversary in 1990. That's oh. right. And in fact, that 1990 special hosted by Tony Danza. <laughs> uh, there's a moment where they show Ronald Reagan in 1955 hosting the opening, and then they cut to his speech for the 1990 35th anniversary uh, festivities. And when I was a kid, that clip lasted probably maybe a minute, but it seemed like it lasted 30 minutes. I got so bored listening to that speech, and I couldn't wait to fast forward over <laughs> Disneyland exemplifies the essence of the American spirit and continues to show us the way to follow our dreams, however big or small. In 1957, (laughs) President Truman, and I believe this was after his presidency, he went to Disneyland and um, he did not ride Dumbo. Uh, He didn't want to be photographed on Dumbo because it is the symbol of the Republican Party and he was not about to go down like that. (laughs) So amazing. (laughs) So, Did he um, go on Pinocchio? That <laughs> didn't exist at that point. Oh, oh my goodness. Too bad. Um, in 1961, Dwight D. Eisenhower, he showed up. Um, he loves firemen. Um, I bl- I'm not too sure if he was a fireman. Um, but he was made an, an honorary fireman and wore a fireman hat on a tour of the park. So, oh. And that's he, at Disneyland. Yeah, uh-huh. well, that makes sense. 61, yeah. I remember uh, there's footage of him riding Nature's Wonderland. Oh. oh. Was he wearing a fireman hat on it? I don't think so. Hmm. Um, in 1959, JFK, as a senator, met with the president of Guinea-Sakonturi. Mm. Um, <laughs> they met at City Hall. Listen, I'm not a worldist. I'm just... I live in California. Um, in 1982, this might be my like third favorite thing. Jimmy Carter. <laughs> Jimmy Carter, who was a fitness enthusiast... Um, he was able to take a running tour. So he went on a morning Why run. Why would you do and that? And they let him run through Disneyland. That's awesome. Before opening. Was he staying at the hotel? No, I don't think so. I think he was what? staying down the street, maybe. 
At a friend's house. I think he was like, <laughs> he was just, it was Airbnb. He's actually a fitness enthusiast. He just ran from LA. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. So, um, but by himself, did someone run with him and I'm give him it's details? Probably like a lot of people. I'm sure the Secret Service did. Yeah. Well, no, I mean like, uh, like a plaid. Imagine like there's a plaid jumpsuit. Oh my gosh, the flag. <laughs> That would be amazing, like a velour jumpsuit. Do you think he was smiling the whole time? Oh, yes. And he's talking about peanuts. Everything just came back to peanuts. He's like, oh, Dumbo, do you know about peanuts? Um, in 1988, George H.W. Bush visited as a vice president. Mm-hmm. And um, with no actual year listed. Visited Disneyland? Yes. Barack Obama visited as a child. <laughs> it's all him. Yeah. What did he go on? I don't know. We next time when we interview him, we'll let him out. Oh my god, that'd be such a good get, you guys. <laughs> that would be like he the did best. do that one guy's podcast, Mark Maron. So going back to Walt Disney World, Bill Clinton was there in 1996, and then George W. Bush was there in 2003 at the Grand Floridian. And 2006, at just the staying at the resort. They didn't go to the parks. No, they were um, they were at resorts. So uh, Bill Clinton went to the Disney Institute. Um, not too sure what he did there. Um, and then George W. Bush held some sort of events or something at the Grand Floridian and the Contemporary to kind of bring it away from the presidents, but um, still like with the um, glorious tribute to America. Um, in 1975, from June 1975 to 1976, there was a bicentennial parade that was held at both Magic Kingdom and at Disneyland. Um, it was created by Bob Janney, who created the um, a Main Street Electrical Parade. Ooh. And the song was written by the Sherman Brothers. Nice. Um, oh. This parade looks amazing <laughs> and is full of everything. I think is just... Oh, it's just, I don't know. There's a lot going into this parade. Um, Pretty much the main thing, every single human that was in it has a giant mask head Mm. face thing, like a doll almost. It's very, it's a small world looking. Um, And and I think that's, they just don't do that kind of stuff anymore. Yeah. Um, So this thing had pretty much like the history of the United States and the North American continent to begin with. So there was um, a ship with Christopher Columbus. There was also a celebration of the first Thanksgiving, as well as pilgrims being punished. Whoa. They were like in stocks and um, stocks of corn. No, um, I will. But they're say, like dancing, like. I think like on a float or something. Uh-huh. I will say there's a giant turkey float and um, there's like a little um, rope around its neck, but it looks almost like a noose around this yes. giant turkey. Um, there's also covered wagons heading out west. There's Betsy Ross sewing the American flag. Yeah. Um, there is also, and I will say my favorite part of this entire parade, is the traditional Sunday picnic, which is a giant, giant sandwich float um (laughs) so (laughs) it's a giant sandwich float and then it's followed by a giant um 
like pot of mustard. <laughs> <laughs> and then you just hear um, audio hearing, forgot the mustard, forgot the mustard, forgot oh the mustard. Forgot the mustard, forgot the mustard, forgot the mustard. <laughs> Um, there's also a celebration of electricity with like Ben Franklin. Um, there's also uh, Tom Sawyer and Becky Thatcher, um, as well as a transportation float. There's also a bunch of other stuff um, going on, but this is a really great little parade um, that has a lot of like politically incorrect stuff now. <laughs> um, but for the time of 1975 to 1976, I mean, it was great. Uh, the style in it is pretty much my favorite because it's very, very reminiscent of like the It's a Small World Mary Blair um, yeah. doll because mm-hmm. everyone looks like a doll. Yeah. Like they all look so great. And, and their heads are giant. Um, like I'm, I'm imagining they look like those Easter Island heads. <laughs> like, oh, somewhat. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, um, so like. Tom Sawyer and Becky Thatcher are also these big head things? Yeah, every Weird. single one. Huh. There's also like a procession of like fancy American people. Um, and there's um, like a fife and drummer situation mm. happening. And they all, all have of big them heads. Have, literally Whoa. every single character, except for one, and I cannot remember who it is, has this big doll head situation. Nuts. Um, and it's just a really fun parade. A lot of the information that I got and all of the pictures that I saw were on Yesterland and Mental Floss. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's a really great resource to go check them out because they were, this parade is just like bonkers. <laughs> like <laughs> it just, yeah, really threw me for a loop. So yeah, that's it. That's all I got for the presidents in the parks. Very nice. That was wonderful hearing yeah. about all the presidential heroes riding the ride. <laughs> this may have gone like outside of, well, no, because you, I mean, this is what you looked up. So no one even visited like after their, say, political career was over. Um, you know, As like a guest. As yeah. like a guest. It, there wasn't much, well, much going about on. It. Aside from President Reagan, it doesn't seem like there was much and recorded. Probably because it's such a nightmare of a place for security. I don't know. I just find it interesting. Like, that would be such a curse. Like, I'm sure the family members have gone, maybe. Mm. But even that, like, you figure someone's yeah, I mean, going to yeah, recognize like, someone. I don't even think Sasha and Malia could go. Yeah. Oh, they could. Because they would couldn't. need... But so then, so then, so basically, you can never go to Disney anything. You can never be like. I mean, that's really that's almost yeah. just the sad commentary on that. Right? I mean, unless it's a very underground, like after hours type deal. <laughs> yeah, that would be my next guess. If they were sure. to do anything, I think that would be the most secure and the most peaceful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, sure. Like time that they would have. Yeah. But I have no idea. I did not see anything like that. So on that note, let's talk about uh, some of the attractions inspired by U.S. presidents. So let's start at the beginning. So Walt Disney was always interested in doing a president attraction. Did you know that? Oh, yes. (laughs) Uh, So originally, Walt was going to have an extension of Main Street USA called Liberty Street. And there he wanted an attraction that would feature all the U.S. presidents. At that time, in the mid to late 50s, uh, technology wasn't there yet. 
to create this feat of every single president. So they decided to do an attraction solely on Abraham Lincoln because since he was a youngster, Walt had a great personal admiration for Abraham Lincoln. Ever since I was a youngster, I've had a great personal admiration for Abraham Lincoln. In fact, there's a photo of Walt Disney dressed as Abraham Lincoln as a child uh, doing a report on the Gettysburg Address. And it's, it's in the lobby of Great Moments with Mr. Lincoln. Mm. So they decided just to uh, focus on making a Abraham Lincoln attraction. And they were creating the animatronic and putting it through it through its testing. And if you remember from a few episodes ago, we talked about the Confucius animatronic. Oh, yes. So they were thinking of doing another offshoot of Main Street where it would have like a like a Chinatown section and like a Confucius animatronic would be there talking to you. And that sort of turned into the Abraham Lincoln animatronic uh, idea. So Walt knew from the mid to late 50s that he wanted to make a human animatronic. And Abraham Lincoln seemed like the right choice to him. Well, in 1962, New York public official Robert Moses came to Walt Disney because he was looking for people to contribute to the New York World's Fair of 1964-1965. And while Moses was taking <laughs> Moses. <laughs> <laughs> and while Robert Moses was taking this tour of the Disney studio and talking to to Walt, he saw the Lincoln figure in progress and he said he had to have it in his show because he'd never seen anything like it, even though it was still in its early stages. So at that point, Robert Moses approached the state of Illinois to talk about sponsoring a Lincoln attraction, which they did. And Great Moments with Mr. Lincoln uh, opened at the New York World's Fair on April 22nd, 1964. It was the first human audio animatronic built by the Disney company. They had done Tiki Birds in the past, and uh, in 1964 was also the Little Bird and Mary Poppins, but beyond birds, they hadn't done much. So, um... The way they designed the Abraham Lincoln animatronic, at first the Imagineers were having trouble creating something that could, that was lightweight and could move fluidly. So they brought Bob Gurin, who we talked a lot about in our last episode about the monorail. Mm -hmm. He designed the monorail. Um, and they brought him in to get ideas on how to design this animatronic. So he thought of it as how he would build an airplane as opposed to building a robotic human because that's, that's the way his mind worked. So he thought about all these different types of metal to be lightweight airplanes and all that stuff. And he came up with a fluid, lightweight way to make Lincoln work. And that skeletal animatronic is on display at the Walt Disney Family Museum. Oh. Bob Gurr uh, donated that. I don't know... it. It must not be the final one, but it must have been one that he was working on at some Maybe point. Maybe the one that Moses saw. Maybe. <laughs> so um, usually when you would make an animatronic, especially something that elaborate, you would make a set of blueprints first and then create your animatronic. Well, they didn't know what they were doing. They were just going along with it. So they built everything as they were going. And then afterwards they went back and wrote the blueprints because they had to have on paper what they did so they could make more in the future. Mm -hmm. 
And the reason also that they didn't do the blueprint stage is they had basically no time to work on this. Yeah, like a year and a half or something, right? I think even less than that wow. because the Imagineers that were having trouble with it at first had already been working on it. So they brought Bob Gurr in and he had to have it done by the World's Fair deadline. So when Great Moments with Mr. Lincoln opened at the New York World's Fair, it was part of the State of Illinois Pavilion. And the pre-show was all about Illinois. Ladies and gentlemen. On behalf of the governor and the people of the state of Illinois, welcome. You are about to spend a few dramatic moments with Abraham Lincoln. The way it is currently is all about Lincoln, which it did contain a lot of that too, uh, because there was some sort of Illinois... I, I read something about an Illinois newspaper man or something that interviewed Abraham Lincoln. And when Abraham Lincoln is talking about himself that was done through an Illinois reporter. Mm. So they talk all about the state of Illinois in, in the pavilion, and then it leads to the Lincoln show. Abraham Lincoln himself was sculpted by Blaine Gibson. Do you all remember Blaine Gibson? Mm-hmm. He's the uh, Imagineer that sculpted all the animatronics uh, from Pirates of the Caribbean, the Haunted Mansion, uh, you know, pretty much anything he did the partner statue he did if there was a sculpt he was the guy to go to and when he sculpted the abraham lincoln head he used an actual life mask of abraham lincoln made by leonard volk in chicago in 1860 that was before he had a beard this is actually a copy of an original life mask by the sculptor leonard volk before lincoln was president before lincoln was president before he had a beard that's right <laughs> what blaine gibson was sculpting the lincoln head they were having uh, trouble putting all the gears and mechanics into the head to make him lifelike because Walt wanted him to actually uh, have his lips pronounce the syllables, A-E-I-O-U. And they said to Blaine, you got to make his head bigger. And he says, I can't do that. This is based off of a real human. It's going to look weird. So the trick that they did was he built up a little bit more of a forehead uh, so you could put more mechanics at the top and then you just put the wig over that so it kind of hides it and sometimes people that would refurbish it at the New York World's Fair would put the wig on wrong and it looked like he had a cone head <laughs> <laughs> President Lincoln was uh, he was voiced by Royal Dano the world has never had a, a good definition of the word liberty I think does an incredible job. It's the perfect Lincoln voice, and he uh, has so much emotion in it. And when Great Moments with Mr. Lincoln was redone in 2009, when they brought it back, they uh, you know went back to the original recordings. And there's an article I read that historians are not happy with the way Royal Dano performs Lincoln because I guess Lincoln had more of a high voice and an, you know sort of a southern type accent or something and kind of i guess the way um you sound like a prospector <laughs> yeah <laughs> no kind of the way um daniel, daniel day, day lewis. lewis sounds we're stepped out upon the world stage now now with the fate of human dignity in our hands 
That's not my favorite. But that's what I was going to say. Wasn't there controversy around his interpretation? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, that's the thing is because we're also used to how Lincoln sounds. And I think a lot of it is because of the way Royal Dano did his performance. Because Royal Dano had done it in a film, right? And that's what Walt Disney liked. And then he hired him to do. Yeah. Well, he had played Abraham Lincoln a bunch of times. But Walt did see him in this. um, It was a a television series. where he played Lincoln and, and loved him from that and wanted to hire him. Uh, you know, I, I saw an episode of The Rifleman recently and Royal Dana was on it playing Abraham Lincoln. And then you come to find out, because I, I started the episode in the middle. I don't remember how <laughs> how soon you find Perfect this out. Perfect place to start. <laughs> but um, he uh, he's really a crazy person that thinks he's Abraham Lincoln. Oh, it's like Twilight Zone. <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, and everyone, he's such a nice guy and cares for everyone because he's basically acting like Abraham Lincoln. Everyone kind of plays along with him and say, oh, Mr. Lincoln, how's it doing? (laughs) (laughs) He ain't hurting nobody. Yeah. (laughs) So the TV special that uh, Royal Dano was on was called Omnibus. I couldn't really find any clips of it online, but in the uh, current Great Moments with Mr. Lincoln pre-show, there is a... uh, That's right, there's there's a clip of him. The narrator for the pre-show is Paul Freeze. And now, the skills of the sculptor and the talents of the artist will let us relive great moments with Mr. Lincoln. The New York World's Fair version of Great Moments with Mr. Lincoln had Paul Freeze as well. Uh, so he had some different lines than he had in the Disneyland version of the show because it had to do a lot with uh, the state of Illinois. So 1964, Great Moments with Mr. Lincoln, uh, opens at the New York World's Fair. And just by coincidence, next to the State of Illinois Pavilion, there was a ball bearing company which gave out free ball bearings. That's right. Well, all the kids, maybe some adults, were so impressed by this Abe Lincoln animatronic that they didn't think it was an animatronic. They thought it was a real guy. And they were going to prove to the world that this is a real guy. So they would all throw their ball bearings at Lincoln, hoping he'd flinch. Of course, he never flinched and just got so hit with ball horrible. bearings. And then at the end of the day... And um, no one was around to stop this? I guess not. But at the end of the day, there would just be a bunch of ball bearings all over the stage. So another thing was... In the early years of Great Moments with Mr. Lincoln at the New York World's Fair, there were glitches at times where he would have spasms and just freak out. And at one point, he leaked hydraulic fluid, which was red. And people thought this was a reenactment of the assassination. (laughs) So people were freaking out. So at that point, they changed the hydraulic fluid to be clear so that wouldn't happen again. So after the World's Fair closed in 1965, it was believed that the initial Lincoln figure that was there was lost. Years later, that Lincoln figure was found in California, packed in a crate, and it is now on display at One Man's Dream at Hollywood Studios. Hmm. Oh. It got lost? I, just it was, like misplaced? It was just packed away and no one marked it, no one... It's amazing how many Disney artifacts are hmm. lost. It's probably in a big warehouse like Raiders of the That's Lost right. Ark. Next to Buzzy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> While Great Moments with Mr. Lincoln was at the New York World's Fair, uh, they were working on a second one to come to Disneyland. And that one opened July 18th, 1965. So at what point it was running in New York and in California at the same time. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, this was a free attraction. Every attraction had A through E tickets that you'd pay for. But Great Moments with Mr. Lincoln was a free attraction. 
And the original version of Great Moments with Mr. Lincoln ran until 1973 when it was replaced by the Walt Disney Story. And in the main theater, the Walt Disney Story would show a 20-something minute movie about Walt and his life and all that. And it had a lot of criticism because people loved Great Moments with Mr. Lincoln and they wanted that to stay. So in 1975, the Walt Disney Story featuring Great Moments with Mr. Lincoln came out, which was a hybrid of both shows. Uh, the pre-show lobby area was the Walt Disney Story and Great Moments with Mr. Lincoln was uh, the main show. Then in 1984, a new Lincoln figure was created, which brought greater movements. And you know what it let him do? It let him hold a piece of paper for the first time. My God. <laughs> and 1984 was also a big deal because that was when they brought in Golden Dreams and Two Brothers from the American Adventure, mm -hmm. Two Great Moments with Mr. Lincoln, which Two Brothers and Great Moments with Mr. Lincoln is just the perfect combination. That's like peanut butter and jelly, if you ask me. <laughs> Two brothers on their way. Two brothers on their way. Two brothers on their way, one wore blue and one wore gray. It's like a pizza with mozzarella. So Golden Dreams is that song at the end? Yeah. Okay. It's the main theme. So that version, uh, the Walt Disney Story featuring Great Moments with Mr. Lincoln ran from 1975 till uh, around the year 2000. And then in 2001, a new show was revealed, a new version of Great Moments with Mr. Lincoln, where you got 3D audio. Everyone was given yeah. a set of headphones. I remember that and well. They were Private John Cunningham, and they were off to meet the president. But first, I think you need a haircut. My assistant Anthony will be with you momentarily. Hold still. Don't worry. I've cut lots of people. I, I mean, their hair. So, but you've seen a lot of action. I'm thinking of enlisting myself. <laughs> and then I, like the fly yeah i loved that version. oh it's so good uh, it was so good that was when i fell in love with that attraction now royal dado and paul freeze were replaced at this point mm -hmm. which is sounds like sacrilege but the guy who played mr lincoln in this version his name is warren burton and he does a really good job my favorite line is hello boys hello boys I hope you're feeling nice and comfortable. Then I like when he gets all close, like this. Takes a sip of his lemonade. My boy, you must live. <laughs> live. Because <laughs> Private John Cunningham got hit by a cannonball. Yeah. Oh my gosh, you're not coming back from that. It's not a casual, <laughs> a casual uh, wound. Live. <laughs> Private John Cunningham followed the president's order and lived. And he visited Mr. Lincoln in Gettysburg, where he gave the Gettysburg Address. And that's when Mr. Lincoln came out and gave his speech. And he had glasses now. The animatronic actually had glasses. Oh, yeah. And it, wait, in his hand, right? <laughs> no, on his face. No. Oh. All right. <laughs> I just, I can't match whatever enthusiasm. Like, Robert is high off of Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> so that was a version. I love, I really did love that version. Yeah. 
um, I wouldn't say it's a better version, but it was different. It was a great attraction. Yeah. There's nothing like it at the parks, right? I don't think so. I wish they used that technology. It's such a great in other 3D ways. audio technology. But I'm oh. sure it's just really difficult to cycle through those headphones. I'm sure people try to take the headphones, <laughs> the yes. upkeep on them, like yeah. yeah. Well, so that one went from 2001 and only till 2004, 2005. Uh, because in 2005, they replaced Great Moments with Mr. Lincoln with Disneyland, the first 50 magical years. And that's the show hosted by Steve Martin. Yeah. Uh, that was there from 2005 till 2009. And then... And there was no animatronic in the show. It was just a video, right? Yeah, it was just a movie you'd watch. And then in 2009, it came back uh, with the most sophisticated audio animatronic human up until that point. Um, I wouldn't say his body is the most sophisticated, but his face is the most sophisticated. Previously, the animatronic Lincolns were hydraulic-based, and now he's all electronic. Progress. So, um, in 2009, they brought back Great Moments with Mr. Lincoln, and it's very reminiscent of the original show. Um, I forgot to mention all the paintings that were done by Herb Ryman mm. uh, for the show. Mm are just incredible. I actually think Steven Spielberg was inspired by a few of them for certain shots of Lincoln. Oh, sure. Uh, yeah. The one painting of Lincoln with his head down and his arms behind his back. I yeah. feel like that exact shot is in the movie by the window. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. This was a much more sophisticated animatronic of Lincoln. And they also found a new recording of Royal Dano's speech. And, so it's much clearer than it's ever been. And they actually kept his breaths in this time because the animatronic takes breaths and swallows and does all that stuff. And that's where we are today. And that's Great Moments with Mr. Lincoln. The Two Brothers segment. Yeah. Like going back to that. Yeah. So part of that was shot at Disneyland at the train station, like where they're bringing one of the caskets in. Right. And oh. then forever I thought that they had like were showing us real dead bodies. I thought so too. And they're imagineers yeah. that they set up in this situation and those mm. are their I thought they were just archival photos. No. I thought they were too. I guess some of them probably are, but whenever it's the two brothers when you see the the dead one and the yeah. guy on the horse, those are real those are photos done in the eighties. What? Because <laughs> they had to match the animatronics that appear oh. in the American Adventure. But yeah, and the train station is the Frontierland slash New Orleans station. Yeah. And because wow. that, that shot has the dad and the mom and the little girl and I guess the other brother. Yeah. Who you see in animatronic form. Oh, and you know what's funny is I was like, man, that's like a really good Photoshop job, but really they could have just taken the, had the other guy walk out and then take a second picture. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, man, this is, for the 80s, this is pretty good how they cut that out. <laughs> of a really old archival photo. So that was Great Moments with Mr. Lincoln. Now, David, you're going to talk about another presidential attraction. That's right. This is a top, I mean, really all three of the attractions we're going to discuss are top 10 attractions for me. These are so good. Um, so, yeah, uh, the next presidential attraction uh, was Hall of Presidents, which 
basically was the Imagineers realizing Walt's original vision for the One Nation Under God show on Liberty Street, um, which basically, like you said, they couldn't create the animatronics up to their and Walt's standards. Uh, and so they decided to really give it a go with this new park that they were building. And uh, they decided, well, let's not just make it a Liberty Street. Let's make it a Liberty Square. And we'll replace New Orleans Square. New Orleans is just around the corner on these parts. So uh, we will make Liberty Square and put uh, the Haunted Mansion there. So uh, that's how Liberty Square came to be. And that's how the uh, Philadelphia's Independence Hall became Hall of Presidents at the Magic Kingdom. Hmm. I never really got the idea that that was supposed to be Independence Hall because it's just it's shaped. I guess it's a lot so much smaller than like the one at Knott's Berry Farm, you know. I will be one hundred percent. I do not know from memory what Independence Hall looks like, so I never gave it's that a, the one at Knott's Berry Farm. No, I get that. I've seen that. Is it outside like, Knott's Berry Farm? Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, it's next to the water park. Right, right, right. Totally makes sense. Ride the Lazy River, (laughs) go to Independence Hall. (laughs) Then go eat some fried chicken. Bam. Take the Lazy River through like a history lesson. Oh, that would be great. A a Lazy River attraction? Oh, Uh, man. Only, and you, like, Betsy Ross is sewing the flag. (laughs) And you have just, like, a drink in one hand. And you're like... (laughs) (laughs) America. <laughs> <laughs> so the attraction opened with the park in 1971 and as we know it now every time a new president comes he records the speech and they update the attraction well they did update the attraction every year with whoever the sitting president was but he didn't speak it was abraham lincoln for 22 years was it just Lincoln or was it Washington as well? Uh, there were speaking roles, yeah. So uh, the original show, which ran from 71 to 93, was narrated by Lawrence Dobkin. This is the drama of a new concept of freedom, of the inspired code of law creating that freedom. Who also played uh, Benjamin Franklin in the show, uh, who's not a president, but uh, in. in the Hall of Presidents show. Benjamin Franklin has a speaking role when they talk about that. There's a whole Congress scene where they discuss like in the the video. Yes, 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 yes. Sorry. Not the animatronic. Fellow delegates, having lived long, I have experienced many instances of being obliged to change opinions, which I once thought right. But in the original show for 22 years, the only talking animatronic was Abraham Lincoln because they had already sort of figured that out. Um, but all of the animatronics either did gesture or nod or wave. And that's uh, one of my favorite things, uh, especially like when the uh, announcer is announcing all the presidents, ones that aren't highlighted. You could see them whispering to each other, checking their watch. Like, yeah, it makes yeah. It so realistic. Yeah, and that was the whole point was that they, they didn't want the dead space, even though they were getting sort of spotlights on them. They were backlit and they did make them sort of... Uh, interact with each other Uh, so that was that original show and I uh, actually went and watched all there's actually been five iterations of the show the original then Bill Clinton then W Bush then Obama and now Trump so there's really been five versions of the show the only difference since the opening up to 93 were the addition of the sitting president but he never spoke and And who was the voice of Lincoln at that time uh, that was Royal Dano nowhere in the world is presented a government of so much liberty and equality 
the next year when they switched to uh so the first time they really did a big big overhaul on the attraction was actually almost a year after bill clinton was sworn in uh uh was bill clinton's show when the narrator changed to maya angelou and wow what a great choice because her narration is so good in this hall of presidents we look upon a mirror of ourselves the leaders we have chosen to safeguard our rights and our ideals. And then Abraham Lincoln switched to Peter Renaday. My fellow countrymen, I have often inquired of myself what great principle or idea it was that kept this confederacy so long together. Why would they need to change Lincoln? Lincoln's voice. He does. Oh. He says the same thing over and over. Does he not? Uh, he. They rewrote what he said. So in '93, when it switched to Maya Angelou was the narrator, Peter Renaday became Abraham Lincoln, and that's because uh, Bill Clinton played himself, <laughs> uh, and that's the first time a sitting president recorded a speech for Hall of Presidents. And ever since then, the new sitting president will record his speech. The spirit of America is bright and hopeful the reason that Peter Renaday recorded Abraham Lincoln's speech, a professor at Columbia University named Eric Foner had written to the Disney executives and convinced Michael Eisner that a new adaptation of the show was needed, and he rewrote Lincoln's speech to what he thought. And at that time, do you know if Royal Dana had passed away at that time? I, th I had read somewhere that he was too sick. Yeah, or too I've, old. I read he was ill as well. Okay. Uh, what year was that? 93. 93. So they probably recorded it 92, 93. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Eric Forner did a lot of uh, reconceptualizing the new show. And it really started focusing less on the uh, accomplishments of America and focusing more on slavery and other ethical and civil related issues of the United States of America. Um, and uh, so he rewrote the Lincoln speech, which originally was pretty identical to the great moments with Mr. Lincoln speech. So Maya Angelou, she was actually one of the first times that they had hired an outside voice actor. So most of the voices in most Disney attractions up to this point had been prominent Walt Disney Company voices that they'd used in the past. Maya Angelou was the first uh, to do the roll call and, and do a whole narration who basically wasn't a professional voice actor. And that guy, uh, Foner, uh, the Columbia University professor, not only did he write Abraham Lincoln's new speech, he also wrote the speech that Clinton reads in the attraction. So after Bill Clinton speaks, then uh, Abraham Lincoln speaks, and that's the end of the show. Uh, so in 2001 to 2009 ran the George W. Bush show, uh, with a new narrator, J.D. Hall, uh, who, as far as I could tell, was a uh, voiceover actor, but he read the same script as Maya Angelou, so the scripting was the same with a new voice. In this Hall of Presidents, we look upon a mirror of ourselves, the leaders we have chosen to safeguard our rights and our ideals. Is that just to keep it fresh? Like, uh, they didn't specify why. Maybe the president handpicks it, maybe not. I don't know. Um, they didn't specify maybe there why. was uh, some sort of quality issue, too. Well, yeah, every time there's a new animatronic that they put in, I see. That they makes do sense. revamp okay. the entire yeah, sure. show, so uh, it shows it might theater, be easier I mean. to yeah. just sure, yeah, okay. Um, 
So the new Bush figure was added, but for the most part, the show was the same. When we look back on the history of this country, we see a record of almost unbelievable energy, sacrifice, hard work, of impossible dreams that our ancestors dreamed and made real. And in 2009 to 2017 was the Barack Obama show with a new narrator. <laughs> you keep saying it like that, and I just keep imagining like a, like a variety of <laughs> show. Yes. Barack Obama show. So uh, 2009 to 2017 came the Barack Obama animatronic. I, Barack Hussein Obama, do solemnly swear that I will faithfully execute the office of President of the United States. And the show got a new narrator in Morgan Freeman. Ladies and gentlemen, the president of the United States. And so good. Yeah, that Morgan that is. Freeman. I think of <laughs> of Morgan Freeman. Morgan Freeman. Stanley You're Hudson. Morgan Freeman. I mean, this lovingly sounds a lot like Stanley Hudson. <laughs> <laughs> Morgan Freeman. <laughs> You know, I'll take it. <laughs> With the Barack Obama show, a lot of the show had changed at this point where it was a much more graphic centric show with like sort of two and a half D photos where they sort of cut out the photo to make it look three dimensional. Uh, and they had a, a lot of interaction in the photos with the Morgan Freeman voiceover. Uh, and in this show was the first time George Washington would get up and speak before the sitting president. And that was when David Morse became the George, the voice of George Washington. He gives a very short speech about how uh, uh, nervous, I, I'm paraphrasing, but how nervous he was to be the first president and to have that responsibility and that it's, it's uh, uh, that he's just a citizen and that he made it to this point. My fellow citizens, no event could have filled me with greater anxieties than that notification on the 14th day of April, 1789, that you had selected me to lead our nation. And then Barack Obama would give his speech, and then Abraham Lincoln would speak again, but this time they brought back the archival audio of Royal Dano. So with uh, Barack Obama, we got the Royal Dano version, uh, and I think it might have been the new updated 2009 recording that came to Disneyland as well, which means that guy that wrote that speech, psh, out the door. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, the cool thing about the Barack Obama one uh, that I couldn't find any other video on was the White House did a behind the scenes video where they actually filmed Barack Obama recording his speech in the White House yeah. and the Imagineers are there like this is really scary it's so exciting but very scary <laughs> that we're here to, to do this and they actually had him read it twice and the second time to get some more hand movements and he even says before they record he's like oh you guys are videoing this too and he's like oh that's just for reference <laughs> that's so awesome yeah they're sort of showing it's interesting because when he's looking at it because you had mentioned that he was there as a child Disneyland oh Disneyland uh, I mean I guess Closer. so maybe he doesn't have a perspective on what Hall of Presidents is, but they're showing it to him, and he's like, oh, they're all robots, huh? That's pretty cool. <laughs> um, and then they sh show him the mock-up that they're working on, and, and the woman is very careful to say, oh, it's just a it's just a work in progress, like, just in case he didn't like it or whatever, but he looks to the camera, he's like, oh, they did it. They made me look better. <laughs> so Barack Obama was the first one not sculpted by Blaine Gibson. It was his apprentice, Valerie Edwards. 
and he was nicknamed Robobama <laughs> by the press. <laughs> Robobama. <laughs> and the show had been rewritten again by another histori a presidential historian, Doris Kearns Goodwin, and she worked for three years on that mm. uh, new show. And so that show ran from 2009 to 2017. And then, after a bit of a break, from 2017 to present, we have The Donald Trump Show, which is narrated by Joy Vandervoort Cobb, who, is, as far as I could find, was a uh, drama teacher at a college. A new nation has been born, independent and free. For somebody who doesn't have a ton of credits, she has a couple credits on IMDb for, like, ABC shows, which is maybe how they found her. Mm. Um, but uh, she's really good. George Washington returns. It's the exact same speech. Abraham Lincoln is now credited as Peter Renaday, but we think it's not him. Well, because it's Wiki really weird. Wikipedia says Peter Renaday, but we're pretty sure it's not him. Yeah. And there's a White House staffer that released a book recently that sort of details the delay that happened with Donald Trump's animatronic in Hall of Presidents. Mm -hmm. Uh and what's strange is how, I guess it wasn't a big deal back then, but Bill Clinton's Hall of Presidents didn't open until almost a year after he was in office. So I don't know, as far as I could tell, it, it was running. So they just had HW and then ended the show with Lincoln. Um, but uh, so when the show opened with Trump, the reason it opened late was the Imagineers had an issue with Trump's original speech where he wanted to talk about how America had invented the skyscraper. And I guess Imagineers were saying, well, a skyscraper is not so much an invention as much as it is a taller building than exists. So uh, they went back and re-recorded it. And I think they re-recorded it in Trump Tower, um, but I couldn't find any video footage of it. But I will say that while the Morgan Freeman script, and obviously he's very tough to follow, I think Joy did a really good job. I do think the show looks and sounds better than it ever has. It's such an amazing show. Well, that's good. And it has a title, which none of them really had had before, uh, called The Idea of a President. And the show, this is the first time it doesn't open with a crowd reciting the uh, Declaration of Independence. It sort of opens like a great historical documentary. I think it's such a great show. Mm. I remember when we saw it, I went, I had to go talk to the staff person because we'd only seen two versions of the show and I said, did you guys change the whole show? And he's like, yeah, we changed it every time. And I was like, that was amazing. Mm. So, Yeah, it, it does look like a great show. Of course, I... There you haven't seen several, the new version, right? We have not. We haven't All seen right. it in person, but I do have several issues uh, it wasn't open with it. We the, the current voice of Lincoln is it's so my strange. biggest problem. Four score and seven years ago, our fathers brought forth on this continent a new nation. But I will say the Lincoln animatronic seems to look better than ever. Like it even looks better than the Disneyland one. Now, in terms of the Trump animatronic, I know the face isn't very good. They did but, a dirty. But I don't know what it's like in person, but if you're far enough away, like they really got his movement. I do think the press had all close-up photos, which animatronics are definitely not designed to have. Yeah. Um, so, of course, it looks very... I, I don't know. It, it, I guess we were sitting in the first couple it rows. It didn't look great. It didn't look great. It's not complex. Um, like, but a lot of it has to do, I think, with the open coat and the long tie as well. Well, no. I think we're talking specifically about his, like face. his face. Sure. 
It has nothing to do. I, like, it's not complimentary. Yeah. And why? Who knows? Was it? We don't know who We don't know. Who, I couldn't find any information about who sculpted it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you would guess that Blaine Gibson's apprentice I mean, had done it, Valerie. assumptive of us, but yeah. 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 Maybe, um, I mean, there's always a chance that someone didn't want to do it, so, or doesn't want their name associated if you with get, it. Or... If you want to get really into it, there's some press that, or conspiracy theories online that think that That's not Imagineering <laughs> had already sculpted the Hillary animatronic. Oh, yeah. I saw those comparisons. And that uh, they were just making adjustments to, and that's what made it open late. Um, I don't, I don't know. believe I think that the, at all. I think the factual, <laughs> I think wanting to get the speech right and delaying the show, makes A, sense. I think it's a right call, and B, yeah. it makes, that makes sense. It's, yeah. it's a less brouhaha. I, Donald John Trump, do solemnly swear that I will faithfully execute the office of President of the United States. Well, Lincoln, George Washington, and Donald Trump are all the same animatronic figures in terms of uh, skeletal. Right. The the base animatronic. I think it's an A100 model, uh, but it's the most <laughs> advanced, lifelike, and expressive human figures WDI has ever built. Many years of research go into the blink of an eye on animatronic. <laughs> um, and, uh, I mean, that pretty much covers it. There's some other random fun facts. Like, there's a... There's the famous Lincoln malfunction that you mentioned when he started leaking hydro- red hydraulic fuel, but there's another great video where he just sort of stops talking and then like sort of leans way back uh, on the stage, and that was at Hall of Presidents in 1992. Uh, do you know, so you know how uh, Donald Trump is the 45th U.S. president, but do you know how many people are on stage? Uh, well, 44, I guess. That's right. Uh, who is it? Grover Cleveland? That's right. Grover Cleveland was president twice. Non-consecutively. So he was... Uh, he was the 22nd and 24th president in the United States. Oh. And I thought I would... I figured you would know the answer, and I thought I would <laughs> save it to the end. So Very that nice. is Hall of Presidents, which I think is such a wonderful show. And uh, that's all I got. That's the Hall of Presidents. But <laughs> if you thought that going from Lincoln to the Hall of Presidents was all that WDI could do, boy, could they do more. Susie, tell us about it. The American Adventure. Uh, The American Adventure lives at Epcot in the World Showcase, um, kind of as a hub, if you will, between the Italian and Japanese pavilion. Um, It debuted um, on October 1st, 1982, and um, is really just um, a telling of America's story uh, featuring 35 audio animatronics and a digital rear projection onto a 72-foot screen. And at some point, that was the biggest... Screen in the world? Yeah, basically. I couldn't find if it still is, or, but at the time, definitely Mm -hmm. was. Interestingly enough, that's where it sits now. Originally, when, um, you know, prior to the park being built, that was not where it uh, was originally planned to live. It was originally planned to bridge the gap between Future World and the World Showcase, but they decided against it. They felt that it should be amongst the other nations and not kind of separated from the other nations. And um, it was originally going to be a circular building with legs, um, and it would basically be like a ride through the country's history, but 
I don't know, logistically, they just didn't feel like it worked. So they, they've decided against it. Um, and again, sits where it is currently, obviously, and it became the anchor um, to the World Showcase. It is a building using reverse forced perspective, and it's 140,000 handmade bricks. So it's like a five-story building, but because of the reverse forced perspective, it, it only looks like a three story building mm. it's actually really huge it's i mean a massive building and while it is i guess impressive when you're there with the style and, and its size it it's not meant to look that big it's it's it does its job really well we walked around it like when oh. we took the yeah. when we took our um our tour we got to enter in the back so we actually got to be under um, the attraction and see mm -hmm. how the mechanics work. And then at one point, because um, there's also, I believe, like a little opening by there, and they were pointing out the layout, the bricks at the top of the building and how um, how they get like smaller, kind of. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's um, pretty impressive. Obviously, it was a good thing, I guess, they made all those decisions so that when they started building, um, there is anchors essentially like 80 feet. <laughs> what do you mean anchors? So that's not what they're called. Pilings. There's pilings, yeah. So the, the, the structure of the building, all of it is so heavy, especially with all the mechanisms and the mechanics of how to make that show work, mm -hmm. um, which I'll get into in a little bit. Um, and they knew all that. I mean, that in, my, in itself is amazing that it was something that they had planned out. So much so that they knew that they were gonna need all that kind of like space, essentially. Pilings is what it was called. Um, so how does it work? How does the attraction work? Because there are um, so many like pieces and it's all really only done on a, a somewhat of a relatively shallow stage if you think about it. But there are seven set pieces that are placed on lifts on the sides of the stage. Two sets are suspended in place and then there are 10 on a moving carriages and there is a 65 foot long, 35 foot wide and 14 foot high carriage um, that rolls some of the sets into position. So the rolling carriage has 10 of the show scenes, props, and animatronics on it. And there's the animated raft. That's right. That kind of floats on or, you know, moves into the stage. And who, who, do you remember who's doing that? Who's on the raft? It's the guy who does great work, Frederick Douglass. Frederick Douglass. Anti-slavery is no longer a thing to be prevented. It is grown to abundant to be snuffed out like a lantern and so yeah it's 175 tons of machinery that are moving around gliding into um at what's five positions and it's all done pretty much without any sound um while you're watching the show and it's a quiet show there's a lot of quiet scenes um and with no vibration in the building so and it's um, all underneath you yeah it all slides that's why yeah. you go up all of those escalators yeah um so it's all it it's it's like a basement and it slides all the pieces again move as they need to and then it just resets and it's all yeah uh -huh. right underneath you and so in kind of when they went into design of the show or what they were going to do the golden rule was that they wanted to stick to the time period so they only used paintings before the era of cameras and then no film before its invention so basically no motion pictures before yeah, yeah so so all of the images that you see or whatever digital media you see only is pertains to the timing 
and what was actually invented at that time. Originally, uh, they had three hosts, including Will Rogers, um, but they cut him, and now it's just Ben Franklin, Benjamin Franklin, and Mark Twain. There's always talk on if they made a third host to represent the 20th century, who it should be. Who huh. would you say? 20, the 20th century? Yeah, the 1900s, because he asked someone yeah. from the 1700s and 1800s. Ronnie Reagan. Well, lots of people say Walt Disney, but... Oh, yeah, I got it. Uh, I, I, I feel like he people. would never put himself I think it. I think Martin Luther King would be a good one. Oh, yeah, yeah. that would be a good one. Um, so the voice actors um, are uh, Mark Twain is uh, voiced by John Anderson. I think the founding fathers never dreamed of an America like this. And I looked him up and he, I mean, he was, he did a lot of work, but uh, it was a lot of small time stuff um, just kind of throughout that era. Oh, didn't we see he did some Twilight Zone episodes? I mean, he did, I, yeah. I mean, he was in everything. Lassie, I mean, Alfred Hitchcock stuff, mm. like just a ton of stuff. But uh, he he did seem to resemble Abe Lincoln and was a, a relatively tall, lanky man. Stood at 6'2". Just a random fact about it, but I think it was you that was like, I was like Robert yeah, will appreciate yeah, he that. Did like three, he did three <laughs> films, that, or three film and TV appearances as Abraham Lincoln. Um, and then the voice of Ben Franklin is uh, Dallas McKinnon. I may have invented these bifocals I'm wearing, but I can assure you they are not rose-colored. Who is did a lot of Disney um, voice acting, I guess, and most recognizably, I suppose, would be the safety spiel on uh, Thunder Mountain. Now then, hang on to them hats and glasses, because this here's the wildest ride in the wilderness. Hmm. The wildest ride in the wilderness. That's right. Yeah. I believe, if I remember correctly, there are four presidents represented in the American Adventure... It is George Washington is on his horse. He doesn't have any lines, but oh, that's right. Yeah. War. There is Teddy Roosevelt. Beautiful. Bully beautiful. Those falls are magnificent. Who is with John mm-hmm. Muir. Looking out at the wilderness. Right. Franklin D. Roosevelt uh, with uh, the start of World War II. Mm-hmm. Let me assert my firm belief that the only thing we have to fear is fear itself. The fourth president represented in the American Adventure is Thomas Jefferson as he's writing the Declaration of Independence. It seems one stroke of this pen brings two changes from Congress. I told you John Adams should have written this. Do you remember what's unique about that scene with Thomas Jefferson? Uh, is that the one where Ben Franklin's walking? Mm-hmm. Yeah. They walk walking hand. audio animatronic. Ben Franklin breaking all those animatronic barriers. <laughs> <laughs> so inside the theater, um, there are twelve statues, six on each side of the theater, and they all represent spirit, the spirit of American values. And there are miniature versions of them at Great Moments with Mr. Lincoln. That's right. So the spirits are, and they're personified. So the spirit of adventure is personified by a seaman. Uh, the spirit of compassion is personified by a doctor, discovery by a mountain men, freedom by a pilgrim, heritage by Native American women, independence is uh, represented by American, an American revolutionary soldier, individualism is uh, represented by a cowboy, innovation is represented by an African American scientist. Um, possibly George Washington Carver. Knowledge, uh, represented by a school teacher. Pioneering, 
represented by early aviation pilot, um, possibly Charles Lindbergh. And then tomorrow, represented by mother and child. Hmm. Tomorrow's child. Uh, so again, it's just a telling of kind of America's history. It's again hosted by Benjamin Franklin and Mark Twain, kind of walk you through kind of the key moments of the show. Um, they provide insight into American life and of the past, I guess, through conversations in which they discuss current events. Um, periods include um, American Revolutionary War, the Civil War, uh, the Centennial International Exhi Exhibition of 1876, and the Great Depression. Um, and then it culminates with... America Spread your golden wings Sail on freedom's wind Across the sky In 2007, 45 seconds of footage was added to the end of the Golden Dreams montage, the first updating of the montage since the 1993 renovation. Wow. The most notable addition is the brief footage of the uh, New York City Police Department mm. and Fire Department rescue crews after September 11th. So the Golden Dream montage and theme song were updated again in early 2018. So this what I found was weird because they updated it and they, I guess, used or partnered with a kind of like Siemens? a pop rock music producer, oh, Harvey right. Mason Jr. Mm. And they worked it in to include a slightly more modern feel to the song with more cinematic sensibilities while still remaining true hmm. to the original version. The only other notable thing um, really about kind of not so much included in uh, the show, but prior to um, the show beginning is a lot of times you will catch uh, the Voices of Liberty, which is an eight member acapella group that hosts patriotic choral performances in the Pavilion Rotunda throughout the day. Um, often as a pre-show, group also performs in year-round events, including the Candlelight Processional and other special events. And they're amazing. I think you'll recognize this next folk song right away. Oh, they would come back to Disneyland. Yeah. No, I love them. They sound great in that Yeah, they space. always sound really amazing. Um, That's all I two have. Two brothers. I, oh, what do you want me to say about the two brothers? Well, I was One surprised to learn <laughs> I was surprised to learn that it was not written for a Disney park. The first recording of it was from 1951 and I forget her name. <laughs> I have two brothers lyrics and music by Irving Gordon. Two brothers on their way Two brothers on their way Two brothers on their way One wore blue And one wore gray It's also referenced in the movie Cabin in the Woods. Would that have been with the blue and some in gray? Why don't I, I remember nice that? I can't believe search? it. <laughs> I will say that that's actually, um, I thought it was like a real Civil War song. I didn't think it Me was. Me too. Yeah, like, totally. it was like Yankee Doodle Dandy, Two Brothers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Same record. 100%. <laughs> I mean, it's depressing. <laughs> yeah. I love that song so much. very appropriate. appropriate. Yeah. And I, I mean, love that they actually have the animatronics of the family. 
in the American Adventure. Ah. Well, the American Adventure is one of my favorite attractions. I'd probably say of the three, I love them all, but the American Adventure is my favorite. It's so epic. Well, we hope uh, you all have a wonderful President's Day. I know I'll be thinking of Abraham Lincoln and George Washington and John Adams and Thomas oh Jefferson and Are James you gonna name Madison. Them all? Please all do. those guys. All those guys. That's L I N C O L N. That's right. That's P O L K. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Poke. Anthea, where can we find you on the internet? Magically delicious pod on Instagram and the Facebook. Susie, where can we find you on the internet? A little sprinkle of Disney. Awesome. And you can find Remain Seated Please on Twitter at Remain Seated Pulse, on Facebook Remain Seated Please, and on Instagram Remain Seated Please. Be sure to rate and review on iTunes. And uh, until next time, I'm David. I'm Abraham Lincoln. I'm Susie. And I'm Anthea. Bye. Party on, dudes! That was... (laughs) (laughs) There. That wasn't so bad. Was it? I'll see you all a little later. You may not survive to pass this way again. Time to be moving along. Hurry back. And barrel around to see us again. I'm thinking of the guy who's like, oh, here's your problem. You got to. And so it is uh, John Ratzenberg. John Ratzenberg, yeah. yeah. Oh, you got to hold to another dimension in here. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly it. <laughs> it's a really good. He shows up and he's like an exterminator or a plumber <laughs> or something. Like, why? Yeah, got, he like, we are now a house to <laughs> whatever it's called, the podcast. Hikes up his work belt and he's looking in the hole. He's like, yeah, here's your problem. You got a hole to another dimension in here. <laughs> 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 <laughs>